broadcasting live out of a basement in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're tuned in to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. We're the show that gives you an opportunity to call in and be a part of the show. Our call in line is 920-358-0795. Core. So hailing from the vibrant music scene of Appleton, Wisconsin, Kyle Magna and the Monsoons are a dynamic musical force. They blend a lot of genres, creating a, a sound that's pretty unique. They, I hear lots of blues in there. There's, there's jazz. There's rock. It's, it's pretty cool once you dig into their catalog. They play later today at Oktoberfest. We're going to talk about that and a lot more. I'd like to welcome Kyle Magna and some of the Monsoons to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. How are you guys doing this? This morning. Doing great. Doing very well. I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's your normal voice. That's how I normally talk. That's how you talk. Yeah. So, so you guys play later today at Oktoberfest, and this is an event that you're no stranger to. You've played at quite a few Oktoberfests. Yeah, it, I actually, I had a memory that popped up. I think this was the old lineup, though, 10 years ago. That was nine on my feed. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I guess we've been kind of playing, older than me, though. playing on and off for, yeah. for 10 years at the, that, at was the first, that was the first gig I did with you guys. Yeah, yeah. It uh, was it Anduzi's back then before it was D two. Yeah, so there was there was a real show, and then we played like a after party show at at Anduzi's as well. Yeah. Um, I had long hair back then. Yeah, you had long hair. I had long hair back then. I had a trucker hat, the white glasses still. White too. glasses, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, was, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was in full effect. <laughs> it was a crazy gig. This guy like like threw up in front of the monitor. Oh god! <laughs> like I turned around to, to get a chord change from Johnny Wheelock, and I turned back and like there's vomit in front of me. Oh, and this other guy walked up and he poured like high life on top of it. And I'm like, because that's that. that I mean, he's gonna help. Thanks, thanks, dude. Rinse it right away. Yeah, that's yeah. (laughs) Same, except it's like a wine stain, but for vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Would you do this to your carpet? Same aseptic technique we use in the hospital as well. By the way, of course, of course. Do you guys get nervous for shows yet, or is it just kind of everyday, everyday occurrence? Do you know? You get nervous? No, no. no. I got nervous on live television, though. Okay, that was that was a real thing. Basically, um, underwear. You know, like you feel like you're just in underwear and everybody's watching you and it's like the whole state. And then you're like, oh, nobody's probably seeing this. All week long, like, hey, I saw you on TV. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> That's what, what was it for? Fox Jazz Fest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Foxjazzfest.com for all you jazz fans out there. <laughs> and if you order the next five minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I, I don't really get nervous. I get nervous. Once the music stops, I get nervous. Especially like when I'm doing my own thing, you know what I mean. Like if we do like a solo thing or like or a duo thing, and I'll take a couple songs, and like in between, you know, the music's happening is fine, but then it stops, and I'm just like, "Hi, next <laughs> next song. This this is about something also very personal to me, which I don't feel like discussing. Here we go. You know what I mean? It's just like it, it, it's just awkward, you know. Or like then you get people coming up to you afterwards. I get that's that's the only time I really get nervous. But playing, it's like autopilot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I get a little. I get like that thirty seconds of of nervousness, I guess, right before usually, like a bigger show. I don't know. And then once we get going, then the energy's yeah. there. More nervous though when it's like uh, a solo show or something, just because, especially if something goes wrong, <laughs> and then you're just like, Ugh. that's all on you. <laughs> Everyone heard that one. <laughs> So yeah, but they don't know. That's the whole thing. Right? <laughs> well, it depends on how big. I love. I love when people say they they don't have yeah. the music. They don't know what it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, but like the part where like the strings totally broke and the sound like went away, like that yeah, was sure. that's pretty obvious. Well, a band show when there's seven of us, you know, it's easy to like <laughs> sweep one kinda, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm in the corner right now. Turn down my volume. Yeah. So if if somebody asked like what style of music you guys are, how would you explain it? Because I hear a lot of different styles, and I know that like a lot of you have jazz backgrounds. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, like myself and uh, Noah. Um, Mike Underwood, the drummer, who's not here. Kurt Scheidt, the trumpet player, is not here. Um, all studied. Um, I don't want to make it sound like you know elitist or like aloof or something, but like we, you know, we studied at, uh, jazz programs when we were in college and stuff like that. So uh, there's definitely that. I've always tried to describe it. It's difficult. Um, it's kind of like alternative, um, alternative, but there's sort of a R and B aspect to it. There's definitely you know a jazz aspect to it. Um, for it's a melting pot. Yeah, it yeah. kind of is. It's just drive more more like adjectives as opposed to you know like just it's driving it's it's focused it's i don't know 
Yeah, it's kind of like a, like I have more simplistic songs. I feel when I'm writing them on the acoustic guitar, and then being surrounded by guys like these guys right here, they kind of I let them do whatever they they feel like. So they kind of take their backgrounds, and so having a more like uh, I guess musicians with with chops compared to myself around me really helps. Um, I just love writing songs, and these guys are just they add so much to the music and it's and the fact that he does let us kind of just go wild and do whatever we want yeah. that means that we're always kind of shifting too so the sound isn't necessarily exactly the same every song every time we play that same song what I've remarked, cool. I've remarked about that a couple times like having a dude who's able to sort of like you know check his ego at the door because he's not there's there's no like front man energy do you know what I mean from mm-hmm. the aspect of like this is the way we're doing it period like this is the way I want the song to sound and just so just make it happen it's more like here's an idea and literally whatever we come up with goes to tape that's fine there's no like notes there's no like well maybe like once in a blue moon but the cool thing about that is that then you get six other guys who wrote their own parts to a song so that they become just as invested in it as the dude who put it together, right? So like that's that's my horn line now. That's his piano line. That's his bass line. That's it's it's that and that creates ownership in the music as well, as opposed to just kind of like this dictatorial like we're just going to do whatever Home Slice says and you know blah 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 blah. Yeah, every time we put together any Slice. song, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> every time we put together a song, it's cool to listen to it because we really start at the core of it with Kyle writing. The, you know his guitar part and his which usually part. comes across as like a sweet Facebook message that was recorded on his cell phone that's, <laughs> yeah that's 100% you, yeah, true yeah you can hear like some, someone talking in the background you're like okay cool yeah totally <laughs> you should release an album of just your Facebook cell phone recordings like oh, a Facebook no. message well like, maybe if, uh, eventually <laughs> sorry dude go ahead oh no I was just gonna say as every layer of the band is added onto it you really see it transform as it goes and it's because we're all coming from different places and have different ideas about the song and yeah, it's just, it's just cool to watch all the music develop with all these guys who are yeah. all pretty good at what they do. And like on this our latest album, Charlatan, we went to we went to Tennessee to record, but I recorded them and sent them on like Facebook Messenger to these guys. Yeah. Just all I was doing was playing into my cell phone, and then we had one rehearsal and uh, just ran through yeah. the songs once or twice, and then we got to the studio um, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then we actually had a producer for this one, and that was kind of cool. And he was a fantastic musician as well. Uh-huh. So just having somebody who can play the same chops and give you ideas and yeah. uh, kind of can mold um, everything together, I guess. Copy and paste and measure. It's completely different live. now. So now we have to like relearn our songs after we go into the studio. Yeah, um, yeah I feel like how it, it was really an amazing. Horn parts on it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, the, the amazing part about it is every album up until this last one, I feel like we produced. I mean, yeah, we did, and so this is the first time we were kind of given that over to another person yeah. to do it. And I, on that first track when we started doing it, and he started making, giving us notes. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. And then as soon as I started hearing any any of it coming back, it was just yeah, it was really some of the best stuff we've gotten to record. And you even did it on a five string bass. I did. <laughs> Hashtag Wooten. Yeah, yeah, I was killing it. <laughs> you you, rec- you recorded in Nashville before, um, on off. Uh, from 1979? Nine, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, was this the same studio, or you went to somewhere uh, else? And no, we went to a, a different one, so the Welcome to 1979. Um, we... S- That's the name of the studio, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. We didn't do it so in 1979. Yeah, <laughs> there was a DeLorean involved, and a guy with white hair. <laughs> That one was that's an all like uh, a lot of room in the analog yeah. studio, um, so they uh, specialize in that, and I believe they cut vinyl there as well. Um, one of the few places that do that. Um, crazy story on that. Chris Mara, who owns that, I don't know if you know Chris Mara. He he's originally from Wisconsin, uh, the Wapaka area. I think he moved down in the '90s and he opened that up. But my sister-in-law happened to be his loan officer for that building, and then she got invited to the grand opening of it. So I went along, like, years ago, 10 years ago, and uh, I met Chris, and then all of a sudden he posted on social media, hey, looking for a guinea pig van to record. You get to keep everything. So we rented a van. We drove to Tennessee, 
we one take and he mixed live too so that whole album is completely that's what they do what they special specialize in brought a video crew with us too yeah wasn't the, made reason, the most of it wasn't the reason it was free was because he was teaching uh, uh studio energy yeah, on, yeah. Uh, how to uh right. record analog right. so we got to record on tape for the it was the first time for me which was really cool yeah, yeah. the whole yeah. process is completely different yeah oh yeah and we were all in like different rooms on like different floors. It was a pretty extensive experience. I think I saw a video from that, and, and it looked pretty hot in there. Yeah, right? cool. you guys were like, oh. it looked it looked steamy in there. Well, so no way you see these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. And then he's like, well, I don't know what to do with these horn players because we don't have those in Nashville. So we'll put two of you in a put room. Put them in the closet. Put them in the closet. <laughs> yeah. That, that, Everything he took like thirty years with like you guys, and then he's like, "Oh, well, here's a here's a mic stand by it." <laughs> yeah, no, I love that video because sort of sort out. It's really cool. Um, the, the filming of it was great, but they had you and Kurt like shoved way in the back, right. and yeah. the guys that were recording the video weren't yeah. able to get back there yeah. because they couldn't go through the room. So you'd right. see all this great footage of Kyle yeah. and like, and Mike, and, like, and then they would kind of get just yeah. this tiny picture of this little window <laughs> of Kurt and Ross in the back. <laughs> Yeah, it was nice. You guys were pretty happy with how it turned out, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that's probably one of my favorite ones, yeah. um, especially that it was like that smooth playing live. And I think we were just on, we were really on that day too. And it, I can't yeah. believe they mix live like that. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I know that was a normal thing at one time, but <laughs> <laughs> you know you're so used to just you know seeing like Pro Tools up and everything right away. Literally uh, nowadays, and eighth member of the band, just totally yeah. tweaking mm -hmm. us. Yeah, especially when he he doesn't know the songs really. Maybe yeah. he heard us like run through it a, a, a one one or two times. Also, when the guitar solo comes and he knows exactly when to turn it up a little bit. So it was yeah. Chris Mara, welcome to 1979. That's that was just uh, we just had an anniversary on that uh, that experience. That's right, six years ago, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. That was when we recorded that. And he, is he like wait? You just want to explain that post? Like we drove down there. It's like those are down and back. Eleven yeah. hours or so, do the thing, get in the car, drop me off in Kentucky oh, somewhere right. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because you're meeting your your brother or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he just want something really really cool, but I can't say it online. So we, yeah, we drop Noah off. We're headed back, so we record all day. Drive there, record all day, and it's it's nine o'clock, and we're leaving at nine p.m. after we're done recording. So. We started driving back, so now we have 11 hours to go at 9 p.m. after recording all day. Yeah. We drop him off in Kentucky. He's smoking a cigarette at this gas station <laughs> that's completely dark off the highway. It's not an Nobody's open, there. It's, it's in not, Kentucky. It's not an open gas station. It's just like an abandoned. Correct. Yeah. And there's no lights anywhere. Just like in the there hills of Kentucky. There was one light. Yeah. He was standing under the one single so light So use your imagination. There. What could possibly happen in this <laughs> spot like that? As we're leaving, we're just like, And I felt like terrible Bye. friends. Yeah, we're like, are you sure this is cool? He's like, yeah, man, it's fine. They'll be here in 20 minutes. I'm like, from where? Like, where are they coming from? You see in the rear of mirror, mirrors, it's like you see the little yeah. spark of a cigarette in the back. Just finally just peter out. <laughs> and he just like disappeared like, and we saw you like the next day, like that yeah, was fine. And then Fred and I were taking teams driving back and forth, so it was just like an hour. He did an hour, then it was like 45, 45. Pretty soon we got to like 10 minutes. Yeah, it was like 20 minute turnover towards the end. We were getting it was, walking, it was, man. It was rough. Oh, it was so <laughs> rough. That was, I don't uh, that took some years off, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so you had, a, you had a copy of the recording on the drive home already? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. No. So I would have asked how many times you listened to it then on, on the drive. Because I'm sure that would have been something you would have played over and over. and Yeah. I do that when I, uh, like our last recording, um, where we got one song back. I remember on the airplane, I was like falling asleep. But I was like listening to it yeah. on repeat, trying to yeah. analyze it before it was the final cut, you know, just in case you want to get any changes in. So now we're going to fly back to when Kyle got started in music. How old were you when you picked up a guitar and decided that... I think I'm going to be a songwriter. I'm going to write some music. I don't know that I've heard this story. Oh, yeah. I, I started when <laughs> I was like 10. My parents, I didn't even ask for it, which is pretty cool. They just got me a guitar. So they got me this used guitar. And I started I started taking lessons then. So I'm, I'm 10 and I'm being presented with uh, sheet music. Sorry, guys. Wait a minute. Sorry, Jazz, guys. You would read back then? A little bit, yeah. Until what I happened? got sick of it. I started learning. Where'd all that go? They wanted me to play Jingle Bells and I went to Saints. <laughs> and I said, uh, this isn't going to cut it. So I quit for a while. And then 
I started to do lessons again. Uh, for a couple of years, I took lessons, and I had some teachers that really uh, followed like what I wanted to learn. So I literally just brought in CDs and learned CDs, and I was cool with that because I was really into it. So I started like learning, you know, just you know the Pearl Jam and like Rage Against the Machine and stuff, and you know back then '90s stuff, and um, I was into it. And then I. You know, before we have all these apps and cell phones and stuff, it's kind of cool to live in a, a generation where you know that world still and the cell phone world. Mm-hmm. But I had a huge book of uh, of tablature for like every single way to play a G chord, every single way to play an A. So I, I would learn as many positions as I could, um, just a lot. And I didn't know why I was learning it and why <laughs> where to add it um, or any theory. So it was a weird process for me learning music, and it still is today. I have a better rap on it, but um, I'm, I call myself the street guy, I guess. Um, I don't know why I'm playing things sometimes and why I'm playing a specific chord, so I'm the street guy. Oh, right. <laughs> what? Do we ever I don't tell that? anybody. I call myself that. There's a lot of really good musicians that play in the street. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, you guys are the schooled guys. Oh, okay. Get it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nerds. Yeah. 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 Okay. We'll get to you guys myself. in a little bit. All you guys yeah. went to Lawrence, right? Not me. No. Uh, no, and I did. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk about that a little bit. I, I find that interesting as well, and how it fits in with with Kyle's story. So, <laughs> Kyle's, you're learning Pearl Jam, Nirvana, probably Stone Temple Pilots, Plush, you know, whatever was kind of big in the time, which it still holds up in my opinion. But anyways, Agreed. you're learning that, and then when did you start writing your own stuff? Um, when I was like 14, I started to write my own stuff, and came out with an album when I was like. 16 and you actually like went into the studio or you recorded it yourself? like a home recording um, where you have like the huge hair no that one was actually the one after that this was a high school one that was lifeguard duty kyle yeah, yeah. um <laughs> this one i did not put online i choose not to put that one online at all the one from high school because you know it's the learning phase like it's it's kind of cool to listen to but i was really experimenting with especially my voice then um, more so than the instrument. Um, I was putting a lot of hours in on my instrument, so learning how to to sing, which I still am learning how to sing, but like much so then, you know. So I um, started writing music in high school and then uh, came out with, a, I guess, a real album in 2008. Um, my brother and I did another home recording. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where, where it all started. And then you, and in, in, was it 2012 you put out Under the Sun? Or when did that... Yep, come into play. Yep, 2012, and I had been working on that one in Tennessee for a few years. Um, so you moved, you moved to Tennessee eventually. Like, what what drove you to to go down to, to Tennessee? Sure, it was just to be honestly closer to my brother, who was a big inspiration in music for me. He was in a, a band called Simple Machine. I don't know if you remember Simple yeah. Machine at all. Yeah. So he was the drummer for Simple Machine, and so he's four years older than me, and so. It was really cool going to shows back then, you know, being a, a freshman and he's a senior playing in a band and then following him around and um, jamming with him in the basement. And then he was always, he went to the recording arts school in Tempe, Arizona. So I just went to follow him because I knew he could record and we we're music lovers and loved to write music together. Um, it wasn't to go to Nashville to become a star or something or try to play on Broadway. It was to record an album. Because then nobody, like at that time, especially in like early 2000s, there wasn't a lot of people coming out with albums like self-produced because the, the gear wasn't there quite yet. It was there, but it, people were still learning. Um, so... Yeah, I'm getting lost in a circle. Where am I? <laughs> 2008, 2012, and then uh, well, after that, well, since 2008, it just pretty much never stopped. And then, especially now, I like to do a project every year if it's just four songs a year, just to get something fresh out. And um, so you put out a, a lot of material. You've got a lot of releases. Like when did and then on Spotify, it's all kind of scattered because some of it's under you know, your name with the middle initial. Someone's under just your name. Some's under. You know, you two writers, some's under Kyle Magna in the monsoon. So, is that kind of a pain to kind of keep all that harnessed under one umbrella? It is. And I finally figured some of that out, especially for Kyle Magna and the monsoons. I released some with an and symbol and A and D. So, there was two different things. And I didn't know you could claim your page. Like, I'm just, once I release it, like through uh, DistroKid or CD Baby or whatever, and they send it out everywhere, I'm just like, oh, it's done. 
I didn't know you had to claim a page even. That's how out of touch I am with stuff like that. So I finally claimed the page. I was in a dispute with them for a while to get everything merged. So I think the band one is merged, but I do have solo stuff out there and then some like random, maybe some other solo ones as well. Um, so anyways, that, that techie side of things I still have to get a lot better at uh, rather than just like dumping it online and going, people will find it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you get the monsoons, the, the first initiation or the first version of the monsoons together? And what made you decide that you needed to get some more people to back you up? For sure. So I always wanted uh, recording a, a bigger sound, and especially for the Under the Sun release, which you guys, I don't think you guys are on that one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to call it the Monsoons because I figured I, at that point I was looking for a backing band, not knowing who it was going to be, um, but just wanted to hire people at that time in Tennessee. Um, when I come home, it would be different people filling in every once in a while. And then I guess it's not that deep at all, but like I'm a... <laughs> Musicians came down like a monsoon, kind of. So, <laughs> and my last name starts with them, so it's just it was easy to combine. So, I don't know if today, like we, if we started this group, if we would call it that, it seems like we would just be the monsoons, you know. So it's just always, you know, maybe we'll change it someday. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I like it. It's fine. Yeah, it's, I'm happy. Don't it's been branded, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's done. I'm, I'm satisfied being a raindrop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just always wanting that that bigger sound, and it's it's fun to get into the studio too, and you know, multi-track a bunch of stuff, and then try to produce that live. Um, so that's kind of how I guess it started back then, not knowing where it would go. So yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, so Ross, Fred, and Noah. You guys all come in around the same time, or did you come in at different points in the, I think the band? He came in about a year before. Yeah, me. I'm the one that's tagged that um, Oktoberfest member that he's talking about. I was uh, there's a I think it's called Authors now, but it used to be way back in the day when I was going to school. It was called Sirocco's or Sirocco's, um, which is the name for the Mediterranean desert wind. Listen, yeah, it's just like what, like when people open up a restaurant and they name it like like one of those like one word colognes, you know what I mean? That like you know, no one knows how to pronounce, and it became Sena or Chena or Kena, whatever. Um, but when we were playing there, uh, we would do like this uh, jazz night, and uh, Kyle I think saw me play with the uh, the jazz orgy, which is uh, um, Underwood, and I think maybe Jerry Spartan was on that. I don't know if you were. I was on that one too. Okay, yeah, and he said like, hey, I'm playing Oktoberfest in a couple weeks. You know, you want to sit in with my group. I had no idea who he was, like anything. Like we just kind of chit chatted for a while, and then I showed up, and it was you and uh, C. Philip, and the, I think Dave was on that. Zeppelin was already there, uh, the lead guitar player from our group, uh, who's not here today. But then, yeah, and then um, Johnny Wheelock, and I just sat, and like that was that was it. From then on, he kept calling me, and I was like, all right, cool. So that was the first. And then I think you came along in. Uh, I came along in sixteen, maybe. Uh, it was twenty fifteen, in I think October. Uh, that, like that I got the. First oh yeah, because we went on that that Because I got a call for that yeah, tour. We went right. on a ten day tour, and uh, Kyle reached out to me. Yeah, um, you had what, like a week to learn all the songs? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. I think we had a rehearsal and a photo shoot down in Oshkosh, and then we were on the road down to to Nashville. Man, like it was it yeah. was pretty quick uh, when I came into the band. Yeah, um, but yeah, you like, just gelled like instantly. That was great. Just cool. Yeah. We were, there were only five of us at that point. Actually, yeah. we didn't have Kurt or Noah quite yet. Right. But yeah, that tour was a lot of fun. We came back, and uh, somewhere in February, I think we did the Rock Garden live, and that's. The first gig you played on, right, in 2016, and did we even have a rehearsal, or did we just get thrown into that? Yeah, you just—I don't know. I think I (laughs) I have no idea. I may have sent you some songs, but he, he sent never... me pictures of your shoes. That's oh. right. That's when I, when I first got to know you, said, I was like, what is this, this guy? Still, still working on the techie I side like of this. things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll join his band. Sure. Uh, again, well, Santa downtown at the yeah. time, um, watching these guys play jazz too. Um, it, and that's kind of even Mike Underwood on drums too. Like, that's how I met him through, not at Santa, but I met him just watching him play jazz in the area. But, yeah, so that's where we, we found you as well. And then there was a lineup change around around like 2015, uh, but this is now the longest running. Uh, lineup yeah, it'll we've be had. eight, we eight had years in November for me. So, yeah. yeah. So it feels like. Uh, it should be like the litmus test, you know, like if you're bringing in someone new, like immediately go on tour with him. <laughs> <laughs> that was you know, crazy. You're going to know immediately if you get along or not. 
you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was long by day 10. I mean, we had a lot of fun on yeah. that whole trip. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, by day 8 or 9, I yeah. was starting to get more <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Getting home. Need, yeah. It was getting imperative. <laughs> That camera dude for, uh, was Kyle. What was his last name? Banky. Banky. Yeah, Banky, yeah. He lives. Right. In, he lives in Georgia now, right? Atlanta. Uh, yeah, like I believe so. Yeah. 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 He, you know, he followed us around too, and he was just like, "So you guys get psyched for the <laughs> for the gig night?" We're just like, I don't even know where we're playing it. I did. Sure. Yeah, it was awesome. But <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was super fun. I miss that guy. Has having the same lineup for almost eight years kind of changed the songwriting at all? Like, because you guys are pretty familiar with each other at this point. I would say, as far as uh, the songwriting goes, the the structures stayed the same, but all, little elements change along the way. Um, I remember the first recording that I did with the band, I guess, would be the, become the first album, um, uh, Kyle Magnum, the Monsoons EP. Um, the first thing I recorded with you guys was Deep Down um, with Corey Jacobson, and I really liked the way that came together. That was before we had this whole particular lineup, and... I don't know. I remember it was a lot of fun, collaborative. You know, I remember us talking about melody ideas when we were trying to get stuff together. I had yeah. come to the table with a melody idea, yeah. but I, I didn't find a way to use it. Yeah. We were struggling to find something. So yeah, I could not think that. of anything for this song. And, and you were like, why don't you just do this? And that's that's what we ended up doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. As as it's moved, we're always there. The, the nice thing about the band, really, is that it's all very supportive. There's yeah. not a lot of ego when it comes to doing music. Um, whenever somebody needs an idea, there's always somebody there to help fill the gap and um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the recording process has always been really easy. Well, as far as producing ourselves, I mean, that's kind of what, you know, you said earlier, I think that's what we were talking about. It's just, just that, like, but when we went to Nashville this last time around, like, having someone else at the controls to immediately let you know what it's going to sound like. And yeah. then, like, and all we have to do is say, hey, dude, can we try this? Sure. That's what it sounds like. Well, that's awesome. Keep that. Or that's terrible. Let's switch that. It, like, it just made the process so much faster. So I think... What we did this last time around uh, with Grady in in uh, Tennessee was just like so like I don't know it it sort of brought the recording absolutely like to a, a level that I didn't even think you know we knew was was possible just because when you have someone else working the switches it's that talented and that fast that was amazing it, yeah shout out to James Grady by the way if anyone's looking to record down in Nashville Grady's it's a great James Grady James. James. James yeah it's, it's cool. Well, on his license. Oh, that was a great shout-out. It's James Brady, it? yeah. It looks perfect. Yeah, if they look up, <laughs> you're going to get like a 1930s detective if they look up. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the case, see? Uh, so you guys have, the three, you have music music backgrounds, right? So sure. can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in music, what your background in music was before you joined the Monsoons? Um, I... Uh, I don't. I didn't go to Lawrence like these guys. I started playing in bands when I was about nineteen, gigging out in the bars. Actually, my first gig was in bars. Bars. Gigging yeah. in bars. Uh, <laughs> first gig was at Emmett's uh, on my birthday, um, and yeah, I don't know. I've played with dozens of bands over the years. Uh, early on, I felt like I got really lucky to play with some early two thousands. A lot of uh, blues acts were really hip. You know, it was around the Chris Aaron time, and I got to play with Mudbone, which had Jay Stulo and uh, Greg Thiel on drums, which if you want to learn how to play bass, playing with Greg Thiel is a pretty amazing guy to work with. Um, and I uh, ended up working with this guy, Adam Douglas, who uh, ended up moving over to Norway and like winning the voice over there or something weird, yeah. which <laughs> was pretty cool. So I, I was lucky when I was 19 or in 2022, something like that, where I got to play with some really talented guys um, that... I, honestly, I probably wasn't quite good enough to be <laughs> playing with yet. Um, but I just kept going over the years and been through dozens of groups. I kind of got to the point, honestly, in 2015 where I was kind of struggling. I was feeling like I'd gone as far as I could go. I um, you know, was trying to get my own original project going but not having a lot of success with it. And I'd really actually had the thought that maybe, maybe I'd kind of gone as far as I was going to and I was going to wrap it up, and that's when Kyle called me, and it's been kind of a really amazing second act for me it's for these last eight years playing with these guys. I, I never would have seen it coming. So that's it's, it's kind of where I'm at. And you guys? I just that? learned. I'm just kind of a newbie here. No, I, got, uh, I, have a, I have a musical background. Um, my, both my parents are music teachers and musicians. And uh, yeah, so I started at a very, very young age. Didn't love it. Heard this really cool soundtrack and I was like hey dad can you show me this and he's like yeah what no. was it it was the the, the credits for big really yeah <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a natural or something 
Because we always joke about that movie. Yeah, that's yeah. classic too. Right? Yeah, it's not so much piano feature though. This was like a boogie woogie, like oh man, you can actually make yeah. piano not sound like a right. nerd. Who did the music for that movie? No idea. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but after that, you know, it's really like uh, really into playing, so it couldn't keep me off the piano, and I'd fight fight for it. Fast forward to high school age, and I'm playing in a band with my brothers, and shout out to Time Bomb Tom up in the Green Bay scene for, uh, he put us on so many great shows, and the Electric Company stormed Green Bay and the surrounding <laughs> area. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, because you learn a little bit more about the dynamics of having a rush up there 10 minute turnaround with with load in and sound check and just like wow they're not just bums these guys are like real professionals saw some really awesome bands we played with a lot of awesome bands groovy ghoulies man or astro man <laughs> stuff like that so that was uh it's like oh maybe i guess maybe i'll do music for a thing and then i met <laughs> ross at lawrence and we we worked together Quite a bit. Well, our, our parents knew each other for they played in the same group, right? Way, right. way back in the day. So, like, this is this is back in like for all of you Appleton natives when like Lee's Chinese Restaurant was still on College Avenue, which I believe is now House of Lee's House yeah. of Lee's Chinese yeah, yeah. Restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I, I always got this the the wonton shrimp things and the styrofoam peanuts or whatever the heck that like those things. It was awesome. We'd go there and listen to your dad and, uh, and John Gibson play. So we'd known each other for a while, but yeah, we went to we were like two years apart. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. B played on my, like you, one of my juries or something for, like the the lower level or the, some qualifying exam for the saxophone performance major. Yeah, you like play that. like a um, judge, uh, not Bill Mike Evans. Woods, something Woods, um, movement. Yeah, yeah, it was, it yeah. Was, I forget that it was a, it was like a six movement thing, and by the time I got to the third one, they were like, yeah, you're you're fine, and I was really mad because I spent so much time. <laughs> my professor's <laughs> like, it's fine, you're good. I was like, but don't you want to hear the rest of these? He goes, no. It's <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, yeah, that was, was rough. So, uh, I'm curious. So, when you, you joined, you guys all joined the band. Kyle doesn't really, like, he doesn't write using music theory. I mean, is that does that kind of hamper or kind of change how you guys are approaching a song? It, or is it just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know how to phrase that question, but is it is it a little different than if you're working with each other and you could... You know, say this is a whatever, whatever. I'm I mean, kind of like Kyle. It's always yeah. capo third fret, so. <laughs> yeah. I just the key that. is, yeah, capo third fret is the key. Yeah. That's, that's good for my voice, yeah, third right. fret capo sometimes. It's, so. it's usually in something that has just like minimum five sharps for us, B flat instruments. Yeah, if they say what key it's in, I say capo third fret. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and you guys are experienced enough to know, yeah. know what he's talking about. You play with someone long enough, you kind of like get to know their style and their phrasing and like where they kind of go. So and it's it's not difficult to. It doesn't really hamper anything. I wouldn't say. No, I think it's the opposite. It yeah, opens up. It's, right. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about music. Yet yeah, being trained is cool, but you don't have to be at all to write great songs. And Kyle writes great songs. Yeah. So we get to have like the fun on top of it. Be like, I'm going to sophisticate this chord. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it's exactly like, like, like to, yeah, and to, leave it, to leave it wide open enough to Chirp let the other voices in is important, as opposed to be, being so constrained right from the get go. Is it kind of like a mind blowing, Kyle, to to look at your body of work and see like all the releases you did put out? Because I mean, there's a lot, and during COVID, I don't really like talking about COVID, but I mean, what was your plan when that? When that thing hit, do you think that was going to be like a short break for you guys, and then it ended up being a couple of years? I don't, when it first hit and everything was going on, you know, I'm like I think like everybody else saw, like this is going to be two weeks long, and we're going to start playing soon, and then obviously yeah. two years. Um, <laughs> for me personally, I guess during that time in, in, in writing the songs on the 2020 2021 album, love that name, <laughs> love that name. <laughs> of all the things, you know, I can't stand the name of that. It's going to be because it takes 13 minutes to say. Uh, <laughs> um, like my goal was, I, I wrote one one song on on piano, so I started to learn piano a little bit. When I say learn piano, just the white keys. Um, uh, okay, um, but it was something fun that was uh, challenging me and uh, just a different 
aspect of, of writing music. And then on this latest one, too, there's a song on piano as well. So it's fun to kind of go back and forth. I'd like to learn some of the black keys to kind of expand my knowledge. <laughs> no, no. Um, but right now it's just the white keys, mm-hmm. and it's it's fun, and I get really nervous when I play piano. So that kind of got me, like, the wheels turning. So I was writing a lot of music during the time. I think probably a lot of people were. I'm sure tons of albums came out and awesome artwork and all this stuff. That's a positive during um, that kind of lockdown period. Um but yeah, it blows my mind being playing around these guys and just like like I didn't know that they play these songs or not. Didn't know what was going to happen, um, especially during that whole time. It was uh, chaos and uh, we did like the Zoom parties. That was, oh yeah, my that was god, joke. those are massive. Yeah, the amount of times I played to my cell phone. <laughs> yeah, for no one. That kind of got depressing after a while. Yeah. Like, I just did like, ah, this is yeah. This is oh, done. we the did flame that. is done. <laughs> yeah. So it was like you'd get together and you'd go on Zoom and do a show on Zoom, kind of, or yeah, or Facebook Live. We did <laughs> one where we could we could still get together in like groups of under ten people or something, yeah. and spaced out. So we did that one time. Is that the New Year's show we did? That we're talking about? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, was, yeah, the whole thing's a haze at this point, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And then I went live a few times just solo, and then I'm yeah. just like, and then all of a sudden you just see every day there's just like 15 people playing live at once, which I get it, it but it's just got like kind of old to me, and just like, yeah. uh, this doesn't feel natural, like, I don't know. It was, so. it was charming for like a second, but yeah, yeah then... If it's your thing, cool, like, that's that's fine, but it, me personally, it was just like, eh, I feel like I'm like pushing it too much now after this, let's... Write some music and hopefully the goal was to do. I guess why not? Now let's let's put some vinyl out. Never had put vinyl out before, so um, working with uh, Ike from the Lately. He did the cover of Twenty 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 One, and uh, and he did the backside too. But that was actually a photograph that microphone, and then he kind of played with it. So it's fun working with that and putting it together. Um, as you know, as a process, and uh, just from the artwork to the lyrics inside to planning it out just on that side and then obviously to the music we recorded at Gibson Community Music Hall in April and at that time you could get together again in small groups so they allowed us to essentially just have the building for free which is really cool and we were there for a weekend and brought an engineer in and spent some time there and shout out Dave Williams yeah Dave Williams thank you for uh, allowing us to do that that was like a family reunion felt like you know I don't think I laughed that hard <laughs> since yeah. COVID. It's weird because you guys don't really joke around that much either. So no, no, we're really serious. <laughs> very serious band, yeah, stoic is the name of the game. Well, and speaking of Dave Willems, I believe Kyle, you're one of a handful of people that have played all ten mile of musics. I mean, that, do you have a favorite mile? Looking back on it, oh, they're they're such a beautiful festival. Um, I don't think I do really. There are. It's always just like you feel like a, a, a rock star for a weekend, which is really cool to have in your your backyard. Essentially, here in the Fox Valley. I don't know if you have you guys ever had one that stood out more than another the one. One where we did, like, he used to work for this company called uh, Thunderland, and like they had this this setup where like you could like sing in the shower. They, they had like this port- they had like this portable shower thing, and they had like one microphone and like one amp. And it was right by, I think it was the Hilton or the Paper Valley. Like, it's changed so many times, whatever. The Paper Valley Hotel, blah, blah, blah. That's where this thing was set up. And, like, there were maybe, like, 30 or 40 people kind of, like, stewing around. Because it's a main entrance area to what's going on. And we ran all, we got done with our gig. We just brought all of our stuff over. And we did this, like, the entire band did, like, two of our songs, like, in the shower. And by the time we got done, there were maybe, like, four or 500 people on the sidewalk just, like, freaking out in like I, I was really it was really really fun yeah that the was, fact that, that was it was it. spontaneous too yeah, it, was, totally. it was a legit pop up like yeah. we didn't have that plan like hey we're gonna do a pop up like because, hey do you guys wanna go sing in the shower because the gig, went in there. <laughs> we were supposed to play on like one of the right. main stages the by, by the bus out. stop but like the power went out or like someone yeah. spilled a beer on the soundboard so I don't know what happened but like they are like <laughs> oh yeah that's right they're, they're like yeah dude we can't do your show so we're like alright so we just like took our instruments and we're just like whatever we'll go busk on College Avenue somewhere and we found that thing and it was yeah like everyone had followed us over from where we were supposed to be playing it's pretty cool. It's like one of the the beauties mm-hmm. of Milo Music is that instantaneous kind of thing that can happen. I think is is yeah, pretty yeah, exciting so. every year. Yeah, because if we do that any other day of the week, the police would come up and be like, "Do you have, do you have a permit? <laughs> get out of here." And Stop. what's that shower doing here? What's that? Yeah, what's <laughs> <you>? <laughs> 
took me all day to get it here. Why do you have a Thunderland shower <laughs> behind you? Uh, how, how did you get involved with the Wisconsin Vinyl Collective? You, you ended up having a song on the, on Volume 3. Yeah, so the members of the Mascot Theory, they uh, kind of put that together. Uh, I think they just asked different artists. They just asked us if you want to be a part of it and submit one song, and that's what we did. So we got it. Yeah, Marcus Brown Vinyl twice. We actually went into the studio for that one and just uh, to record a song specifically for that. Um, so, which studio did you go into? We did uh, Rock Garden for that one. Nice. Yeah. It was that uh, your first time at Rock Garden? Have you done other things there? We have done uh, Dark, Funk, Dark Funk, an album called yeah. Dark Funk, um, which is the last album with like the original lineup, right? Before yeah. we got to the Kyle Magnum and the Monsters. Yeah, Ed Zeppelin and, and Ross were on it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Wheelock and Seafelt and Dave. Yeah. Did you work with Mark Goldie on that one then? Mm-hmm. Did he he engineered it? Yeah. How was it working with Mark? Did he kind of provide input or just kind of let you get it? This down? one was kind of like he said, like kind of like uh, it's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we just we even kept uh, everything the same vocals. Everything was live in the same room. So um, I don't think there were really any punches. I mean, everything was isolated. So we just again kind of did like a welcome to 1979 feel at that time. Um, but it was more produced than, maybe not, I don't know, it was kind of the same. I remember well, I was, yeah, I was, I was there, yeah, making up the majority of the stuff that I was recording, like, on the spot. I think we had a few chi- like chances to, like, go through stuff, but, I mean, I'd only been playing with you guys for maybe, like, a couple months at that point. Yeah. And, like, I didn't have, like, any established horn lines like the stuff we do now, you know. Well, that's the beauty of this band, too. If it's not, like, a, you know, three-minute, 24-second right. song, um, <clears throat> if we're going longer than that, these songs are going to be different and mutated in a different way every single time we play it because of these educated schoolboys and the street guy getting together. Hey, now, hey, now. <laughs> You're not making that a thing. I didn't even graduate. Like, I didn't even graduate, man. Like, we're not educated. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> I got a chip on my shoulder. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, it's very obvious. So, so you guys are known, I mean, for your live shows, lots of, like, interesting fun things have happened at your live shows as we talked about but then you ended up doing the kyle magna and the brassoons right am i saying that right uh brass monsoons brass 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 monsoons but so i mean that now you're doubling the size of your band so how does that affect everything i mean does it make logistics harder as far as hey make sure you guys all show up you know three hours four hours before the gig let's sound check everybody it's pretty uh well Kurt and Noah kind of put this together, um, which is nice. Noah, you did yeah. most of the writing for it, right? Or all of it? I don't want to take credit for anything. <laughs> he, he did all the writing for it. He wrote he did all, all the writing the for it, yes. and then uh, Kurt kind of organizes the yeah. the brass section to get together. So actually, I don't even know who's showing up. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I literally don't, yeah. and sometimes I don't get, especially during mild music, I don't have a chance to even say hi to someone, which is unfortunate. Because when you got like 20 minutes to sound check 14 people yeah. and set up merchandise and do you know everything you need to do it's go to the challenge. bathroom quick it's yeah. just uh, yeah, it's yeah. So I feel like the biggest difference really is the uh, sweat off the brow of the sound guy when he sees all 14 of us <laughs> up yeah. there yeah. Yeah. So you guys all set and you're like no what else do you need um, can we get nine more microphones yeah. <laughs> but the way we've been doing it we've been playing like half of the set with them so it's not so on those songs we can't go off too much because obviously with everybody on stage that would be a little bit chaotic but so we like to do a little bit of just us where we can mess around a little bit and then add that big sound that big wall of brass and so it's a it's very powerful when you're I don't know how it sounds all the time for the audience but when it, you're on stage and you just feel that I remember the first time I ever felt that when we did the show at the courtyard at the Paper Valley mm-hmm. uh, very first time very first song like oh my hair's like stood up but it's because all that sound coming back at you I'm like I can't believe I'm playing with 14 people right now <laughs> when uh, you went to pick up your passes they probably handed you a big huge yeah emerald. for real yes. <laughs> Which, hang on to those. Yeah, I'm gonna oh. need 14 parking passes too. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody, just, the lot, nobody carpools right to the artist lot. It's yeah. just all us. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so the uh, the latest album, Charlatan, like that that just came out in May, I think. And where did you record that that album? 
Yeah, so Studio 54. That was down in Nashville, yep. you said, right? A little bit outside. It was... Uh, Pleasant was View or Pleasant? Pleasant View, yeah, yeah Tennessee. About yeah. a half hour outside of ten- uh, Nashville, Tennessee. What made you land on that studio? I had met uh, Grady James. He's the guy who produced it and recorded it. At uh, a mutual friend, Solomon Banky, uh, the lead singer of Simple Machine, who lives in Tennessee still. So I went out to visit him, and we wanted to do some music together, and we recorded a few songs with Grady, because um, Solomon knew him. And then when I got there, I'm like, oh, this guy's, like, I could work with this guy. Like, And I told the, I'm like, hey, we're coming back here with the full band. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, yeah, totally fine. And I had to kind of pitch it to the guys. I'm like, you got to believe me. Like, this guy is going to be great to work with. He's fast. He's a brilliant musician. He's a humble guy. He's going to work for the song. And uh, sure enough, that's kind of how we met him through a mutual friend. And I hope we can go back there this spring too. I got to talk to you guys. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> but it was it was pretty crazy the first time ever to be like, yeah, you guys want to book a flight soon? Go right now. Bring Let's it book it live on air. <laughs> Get out your phones. All right. Put the pressure Fine. on. Here we go, Expedia. <laughs> can you just check prices while we're on? The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go so for it. Keep how, talking. How long did it take you to record? This one, did you do it live like the last ones? No, this one was very studio produced. Um, so we did you guys like working that way on this one? I I enjoyed especially especially when it's with Grady for with this situation. Um, they're two different beasts. Uh, Welcome to 1979 was really cool um, to do that, but if you mess up and those songs aren't rehearsed, uh, for us it's kind of hard to get together. I think and like practice and get like these songs down. But the cool part about going into the studio is we can let that song breathe and really analyze the song um, rather than having to maybe play it for a whole summer. So we're like we know where we're going. Um, before you actually put that song down. So um, I, I, I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed that process of just uh, I would record with Mike on drums first and we'd two-click track and then we'd just layer it and then we kind of let the producer work. Um, and again, never working with a producer before, uh, it was a really amazing experience for, for me. I, I don't know. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. He made it easy. Deal. He pulled things out. He's like, "How about we do this?" But in the fact that he could actually play it, or hey, can you hit this here and doing a break here or whatever it is? Yeah, I think one of the my favorite things to really watch um, was he, he used a lot of your lines that maybe not might not have been entirely intentional. You'd take two or three passes, and because we had a setup with a click track, you could take pieces and move them. And you know, when you're playing the keys, it's just MIDI, so you can manipulate it however you want. Um, and I felt like. Yeah, the way he was able to move pieces, put things in places where we wouldn't think of doing it, um, just added a whole new element to to the group. You know, you can only do so much as a band. You only have so many ideas, you know, before you're kind of running out of, you know, original ideas of how you're going to approach a song. So getting somebody else's take on your music and and what they would do with it really adds a new life to it that I, I really enjoyed seeing what he was able to do with what what we do. Were you guys pretty agreeable with his suggestions when he kind of suggest changing part, or was there any the anybody first, have any issues during the recording with with any yeah. suggestions he had? That first song, I was totally biting my lip the whole time. Like I don't like anything he's saying, <laughs> nothing. And then, then I heard it, back. and yeah. then I heard it. I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna, right, obviously yeah. I, I know nothing, and I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. shut up. Yeah. Well, and, and going into it, we kind of like I'm like, hey, just kind of let this guy do his thing, and yeah. it's like an eighth member in, in a way. Let's just let's try this. Let's, let's see what happens. Um, and then yeah, sure enough, when the final product comes oh, back, is. you're just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first one we recorded was alive again, and yeah, he did have a lot of notes on on how to do it, and I had a lot of thoughts about. I guess how I thought it was going to end up turning out that was just kind of the opposite choice I was thinking in my head as he was going through it and once I heard what he had it was it was really that's my favorite track on the album I think but that the beer bottle and the beer bottle thing oh. that's cool yeah um, that's right which what? which song is that uh, lost in my head it's yeah. called yeah there's a beer bottle that's like a main like it sounds like it could be like a oh yeah there was that too there was a yeah. bunch of percussion going like, on. yeah yeah, if you listen to, I'm sorry, name again, Lost in My Head. Lost in my head. If you listen to that, the main percussion piece on that song is a beer bottle with two pens, and he just 
I don't know what he did with it. I, I kind of wish I could have watched that part. I didn't see him yeah. do it. I just it was, heard it was, this fantastic sound. Yeah, it was like tiny little. It was like the sticks you used to rub, like the 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 bowls go. If you're meditating, mm-hmm. like those things, you use like yeah, ticky, like on a 16 ounce tall boy in a beer bottle. Like the, it was yeah. <laughs> yeah. With with Mike, our drummer, standing by, going. That's good. That, that works. Just, just over, just over. I'm like, you're the don't you supposed to? No, no, no. Supervisor for this one. <laughs> so we did like a song. We did four songs in three days. Is that what we did? Yeah. Four songs in three days. Um, but with that much production for for him, it's actually a lot of a lot yeah. of work. And it was like mixed and mastered. Everything was done at the end of, which was really cool to get a product back that fast. Yeah. And he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was super excited. This is his first time working with a, a band with seven members and. He, there's not too many horn sections too in tennis in Nashville. No. <laughs> a little different vibe there, um, and he he got his uh, start too. He was so he was a guitar player that uh, studied in California somewhere. Eventually moved to Tennessee, and then he got into recording, and uh, he got a number one credit on when the vo- I don't know which person it was off the Voice. Um, Anyways, he got a number one credit as a producer, producer credit. So he started getting business like crazy. So the, the guy is booked. He's like, I haven't had a day off in 19 days. So 19 straight days in the studio, like full on days. Like we're doing 10 hour days. That's what we did. So th- yeah, 30 hours in the studio. And uh, we filled two garbages <laughs> full of bottles and cans. Soda. Yeah. Soda cans. Soda, soda, yeah. soda. Pepsis and whatnot. Yeah. Red Bull. Red Bull, of course. Who did the uh, the cover art for that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's uh, my uh, tattoo artist, uh, Michael Gunnarsson, uh, Northern Tide Tattoo. Now that you mentioned that, it does look like it could be a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he uh, he actually made uh, images for. I hope to do vinyl on this project eventually, for like the trumpet, for the keys, for the guitar, and besides, so it's all going to come together, and then we all get tattooed. So good. <laughs> That's the a last the commitment. <laughs> After we book the flights. All right, all you callers. So out you want to brand us? Where do we, where do we get okay. branded? Right. <laughs> Can't leave me now. <laughs> so you guys have a show again coming up later today. Where can people expect the set list to be like? And <laughs> I like it. Uh, so Fred, you were wondering like what the title of a song was again. Uh, the, the project's got so many songs. Do you guys ever get confused with titles? Like you're looking at the set list and you're thinking, "What song is that?" I'll wait till album, it starts. I'm not quite used to it yet. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's part of it. And everything else, yeah. It's not On the set list, I put new after it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah his, his set lists are legendary. Like, I love yeah, yeah when he when yeah. over me and Ross have a song that we sing it's just listed Ross Ross yeah Fred Fred <laughs> it, like. yeah it just says our names it doesn't say the name of the song that we wrote it's just it's just Ross Ross and if there's asterisks after a song on the set list that means there's going to be what's uh, the musical term is transition oh. so we're not going to stop playing we're going to go from one song to the other which you actually explained to us which is hilarious <laughs> like, guys this, we're going to transition here so we need to go from one song to the other yeah. and just like we're, it's going to be fluid and we're, we're like yeah okay. guys <laughs> we got to realize it yeah <laughs> Goes like this. It's it's a new concept that came around yeah. in music in about the eighteen nineties. Okay, yeah. so it. don't stop playing. Just keep <laughs> no, you know. keep going. Yeah. So people should come out. You're playing yeah. at two o'clock, at, or is it two o'clock till three thirty? That's yeah. right. Yeah. And you're uh, Morrison Street. The stage Morrison Street. Okay. Yeah, yeah it got moved. It, it might say it's still that it's on Durkee Street. So there's construction yeah. downtown right now. So it's pretty close to where it was. So. If you're on College Avenue, you can't miss it, but Morrison Street. I think it's the next one over. Mm-hmm. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I think so. I grew up in Kokona. So. I, I, I should know, but I don't. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because everybody should go get something at 313 Dodge after this. That's right. I, I mean, Promo it in. Here we you're, go. you're juggling a lot around. With, you've got the, the restaurant, and you do small plates there, and also yep. a full bar. Yep. And you've got the band, so, I mean... Yeah, I think it's the only way that uh, I can really function. I'm, I'm serious. Like I've had jobs where just like I, I, I don't know. I'm in control of it, and it's creative outlet, and I like to be kind of in that position of juggling things. Like I, I feel like that's, I don't know. That's why I look at the, even the band going to the band. I like just trying to bring things together and seeing what what happens. So same aspect with the business too. Kind of bring people together and letting them kind of do their own things. I'm not gonna be like this. I'm like. The bartenders have different styles, and you know it's fine. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, tell you, them what to do exactly all the time, and look over them. It's a fun environment and and professional at the same time. You're able to do a music video there too, I believe. 
Yeah, it's great access to a building if we yeah. ever need it for rehearsing. Yeah. Sometimes we do that. And Kyle and, makes uh, up some old fashions, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. yeah, so we right. drank those. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone had a pretty good time. We had to keep on doing takes over and over again for yeah. that. Which I didn't tell them actually what was going on for the like for that. So they walked in and I was just bartending. I'm like, and they're filming as they walked in. Yeah. So I'm just mixing. Like, here you go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that's interesting. So that wasn't staged. I was wondering. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Yeah, and then we just were playing it over the loudspeakers as they're walking in. I like, like the parts in the video, too, where, like, the camera's, like, looking out the window as, like, we're walking up the sidewalk. Kind of, like, creepy stalker-ish as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that, that made it in as well. And then we walk in the door, and there's, like, a camera person. And I was like, hey! And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you guys are going to do a, a song for us, right? Is that still... Yeah, gonna, yeah, right? we can do a song. Sure. Uh, I don't know if we, we got a bass. I, I don't know. I'll sit out. I got you it could, here, you, but I didn't hook it up. So. There's it's a base right. right there. Oh, there you go. Well, we're gonna, I don't know. Maybe we can make something work. We're going to do a, a commercial break, and we'll come back for the song. Where can people find out more about Kyle Magna and the Monsoons besides going to Oktoberfest today, which they should do, because the weather looks phenomenal. Like, yeah, like 85 today. It's, um, you can go to uh, our Facebook page, Kyle Magna and Andy, the Monsoons. <laughs> not the yeah, not the other one. And then uh, Instagram, at Kyle Magna, or you can go to Kyle-Magna.squarespace.com because <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Sure does. Again, Kyle-Magna.squarespace.com. <laughs> uh, thank you to the gentleman master. or lady who took uh, my website during COVID, KyleMagna.com, and it's now an online gambling site. Oh. So if you go to KyleMagna.com, you might pick up some tips if you like to gamble. <laughs> We are joined by Kyle Magna and the Monsoons. They're going to do a song right now. What's this one called? This one's called Taking You Back. Taking You Back. You're listening to Code Zero Radio. Taking you back to the place where you first started. 
Cal Magnin and the Monsoons, check them out today at Oktoberfest, 2 o'clock, perfect weather. Thank you for joining me today, guys. I really, really enjoyed getting to know you guys more. The latest album is called Charlatan. You can find it online on Bandcamp, Spotify, wherever find music is sold. You've been watching Fox City's Core on WCZR, Code Zero Radio. (laughs) 